Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. How I Learned to Fly beautifully recounts the story of two African-American teenage brothers who suddenly find themselves on their own after being mysteriously abandoned by their parents, deeply haunted by the mental and physical abuse inflicted on them by their father. The elder brother, Daniel, is determined to keep their lives from falling apart. Beautiful film to watch. It's a story that is, it moves in a, in a way that allows you to understand the circumstances, the story, and get to know these two characters and terrifically portrayed by Lonnie Chavis and Marcus Scribner. And it's a wonderful film. It's called How I Learned to Fly. We're joined today by the writer and the director, as well as the editor, Simon Story. Simon, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I think for a lot of people who are used to a certain kind of story that involves young people of color struggling, this is a revelation in a lot of ways. It's a story that really is, you give it an opportunity, as I said in the introduction, to get to know these characters and understand their circumstances. Tell me a little bit about the inspiration for the story. I grew up in a very, very small, relatively remote town in Switzerland. And I grew up with all these rules and restrictions in a relatively conservative um, environment. Being an artistic child or, or, or teenager was... In that sense, it wasn't an option. And, and so I, I was often misunderstood, you know, like my parents didn't know what to do with, with me in that sense. So there was this disconnect. The only place I felt safe or where I could be myself was basically when I was reading or in my dreams, like be that daydreams or dreams at night. But at the same time, I think that's kind of, you know, triggered by this environment that was somehow difficult for me to grow up in. You know, I used to have these recurring nightmares, you know, that started very early on in my childhood. And it was always the same dream. I was falling down a staircase. It got to the point where I, you know, had this nightmare every, every couple of nights. Somehow I, and I, I don't know how I did that. Since I knew what would happen, I was able to change the dream while I was streaming it. And so first I was able to slow down the fall. And then from there, I was able to kind of hover maybe, you know, two, three feet above ground. And later on in my teens, I was basically able to control my flight. I was, you know, I felt my body kind of just flying. And, and the more I relaxed into it, the, the better I was at flying. So this is kind of like the story of how I learned, learned to fly. And this dream kind of was the seed that later on became that movie. I've heard of people who learned to control their dream. I've, I've read about people being able to do that. That's, that is a great story. Well, and you see that in this film. Uh, you do see that. And I, I think when people watch this film, and I certainly hope they'll, they will, uh, How I Learned to Fly, pay attention to the first few minutes of 
the interaction between the mom and the brothers because it's important. It carries through in ways that are more revealed at the end of the movie, but certainly are a very important part of their arc, their their story. It is a story about love and brotherhood and finding a way forward under very di- difficult circumstances. But there's a tremendous amount of trauma introduced into the story. Mm-hmm. And this has been kind of a reoccurring thing for me if people have heard the show before know that I'm sort of, I'd say fixated on it, but certainly I think it's important. Trauma. I feel like we're in an era of research and, and understanding of trauma, the impact it has, the lasting impact it has on people's lives. And I certainly see this as something very important to the storytelling here. Am I on the right track? Is that fair? Does that oh, absolutely. Fair? You know, these two boys, they experience so profound hardship. They basically confront it with one obstacle after another. Yeah. But for me, you know, and I think that's that's the important part without, you know, spoiling the movie, but even though they go through these super hard times, they for some reason keep this openness to embrace or 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 being open to these little miracles, taking on some help from random strangers. And it's not only physical help in that sense, it's also um, ideas, ideas on how to look at the world that's basically closing in on them without losing hope, keeping this positive attitude. For me, this this is really, I guess, the, the core of the movie, or it's also something, you know, I try to practice myself. As human beings, we are so drawn to drama and sometimes blind to the good things that happen in our lives, even though, of course, they they might be very small. But in that sense, sometimes we are closing ourselves off to the good things in life. And for me, this is, I think, the core message of the movie. If, If I get, you know, only a few people walking out of the the theater with just this little spark of hope of of positive of positivity i think then the movie has done a great job so much of what you just described is embodied in the character of daniel and his travails a uh, beautiful performance from marcus scribner and also the younger brother eli played by lonnie chavez you put a tremendous amount of faith in these two actors because they they are the movie, their relationship and what happens to them. Marcus and his character of Daniel, you don't see this character very often Yeah. in the sense that we don't know the backstory of why they're together and they, and they find themselves where they do. But his maturity in the love he has for his brother is something I think that's really, again, not seen. We're usually looking for artificial kind of drama. And this film does not have that. Talk about the development of, of Daniel as a character. He as a character, you know, like he carries his whole world on his own shoulders. He's not only providing for, for his younger brother, but, you know, he also has to find his own way, basically, you know, defining his own future with every step, every little decision he makes in this time, in this time of hardship he's going through. And in that sense, I always saw the character of Daniel as 
father, mother, teacher, uh, yeah. um, you know, like all these whole village basically you know <laughs> that he he's providing for his younger brother but at the same time even though you know the the younger one it's it's never explained in the movie but i see him as on the autism spectrum also the the younger one brings a lot of positivity to the table it might not always be very obvious but he also sometimes you know shapes the way the older brother looks at the world and, and tells him, oh, no, this is not the right way to look at it. Here are other possibilities. This constellation of, of the, the two brothers, basically, or this focus on little acts of kindness between the two of them, they might, it might be tiny, but I think that is something I always looked for when when we were shooting it or, or even when, you know, in the casting process, the two from the, from the very beginning, they had this brotherly intimacy. And when I saw it, I just immediately knew these are the perfect actors for these roles. It's, it was such a magical constellation. And, and their relationship with Daniel and Eli, he, Daniel is, I would say desperate's not the right word, but he's constantly trying to do the right thing. And even when he doesn't always do it in a way that either Eli understands or that it may seem um, to not be what's best for both of them, he has the maturity to, to make amends and and in the process teach his brother a lesson as well. So I think that's important. I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Simon Story, and he is the director, writer, editor of this wonderful film called How I Learned to Fly. And you can find out more about the film and about where it'll be screening and how you can watch it by going to filmmovement.com. That's filmmovement.com. Look for How I Learned to Fly. From a filmmaking perspective, the use of music in the film is important. We see it from the very beginning of the film and moving forward throughout the story seem to be an important aspect of the filmmaking for you. Let's talk a little bit about that. The music for me in this movie, it's somehow the inner life, especially of the younger of the brothers. For me, I saw the music always as the records their mom used to listen to, even though it's not shown in that way. But for me, I always saw it as the younger one missing his mom and through music connecting to her, you know, her records her spirit, her feeling, you know, he just gets closer to her through these records that somehow are always positive, always very soulful, and always very her. I mean, music, it, it can bring so much to a film in the way it's used. And I thought you used it very effectively. In the I also want to mention that Cedric, the entertainer, is also part of the film, plays a a neighbor and uh, Cliff Davis, who we also know as Method Man, is also an important, very important character in the film, as is Crystal Bush, who plays the mom in the film, and uh, Michelle Celine Ang. And all of the actors I just mentioned are excellent in their performances, but I think at the core of the other members of the cast, these performances are in service to the 
relationship between these two brothers and their struggle and how are they going to get on the other side of where they want to go and will their relationship remain as strong and supportive and complex. There is one other thing that we see in the film that I believe to be an important kind of note to the audience that you are giving them and that is there's something written on the wall in the kitchen of the place that they're, they're living in and it's where your thoughts go your energy flows and I'd never heard that but it feels like this is sort of a subtext to everything in the film let's talk about that a little bit that seed of the movie that I hope you know people will take with them when they leave the theater it's um you know a sentence that I think the mom in the in, in the story it comes from her in the story she is a teacher she just cultivates that positivity in her family this one sentence that sums her attitude like her positive attitude I must say sums it up so well and that's what she tried to teach their children or they their, their sons and that's also something the, the brothers don't immediately find right. it takes them quite a while to figure out oh you know actually this is a simple idea that really helps us find our way getting there um of course you know they that is the journey you know, go go through all these you know like hardships and obstacles yeah. as, as as we discussed before sometimes you know what I, what i try to say is sometimes you come back to the obvious and it's not always that obvious until you you see it in front of your eyes uh congratulations on this how i learned to fly it's it's a terrific thank film thank um, you so much i, oh, I do appreciate it oh you're welcome i want to let again let people know film movement is where the distributor for the film and you can go to filmmovement.com and from there you'll find information there about how i learned to fly and uh, my congratulations i certainly this is your first feature film i know you've done some You've done some short films and other work. And uh, I certainly look forward to another conversation about your your new work when that when that time comes. Uh, writer, director, and editor of this film, How I Learned to Fly, Simon Story. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 